With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Well, hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to The Good News with Angie Austin. America's PR media coach here, Eric Raymer, sitting in for Angie, who is out and about, and uh, very thankful for uh, you tuning into this program. We have a special program for you today, and we're super excited to bring that. The uh, Good News Gals are taking the week off, so it's producer Dave and I. Dave, how you doing? Woo, I'm great, man. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's funny because I always say that, uh, that uh, it's big shoes to fill yeah. when, when Angie's not here, yeah, yeah. when in fact they're very, very tiny shoes. It's just metaphorically their big shoes. Absolutely. She's very small. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Well, we love Angie. We're thankful that uh, she has entrusted us with the opportunity to share the good news with you, our listeners, and we're grateful for you for tuning in. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm super excited about uh, this program. If, 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 uh, if you have been tuned in to the good news for any length of time, uh, about two, three months ago, we ran a story uh, that is uh, going to be updated today. And I'm super... It's a remarkable story. Remarkable in every sense of the word. And then uh, we'll wrap that up with a good news story about another gentleman who took his circumstances and uh, made some, some uh, changes, made some, some good decisions, and, and all of a sudden uh, funded his way. So right, we'll, right. All right, so uh, Dave, do you remember um, about two, three months ago, um, there was a woman, Amber Freed, who came into the studio. Very lovely woman. Absolutely, in in every respect. And she shared with us a story uh, about her two twins, Maxwell and Riley, uh, who were born on uh, March 27th, 2017, so just... Two two months uh, two years ago, right? A little over two years. And um, they, uh, they, you know, in in an instant, this is after a lot of IVF uh, attempts to to have children and, and whatnot. And uh, in an instant, their lives were set on purpose because they had these uh, ten tiny fingers and tiny toes, is what they said. They were ecstatic, content, and life was perfect. But about four months in. To after these kids uh, were born, they noticed that Maxwell was not progressing the same way that 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 uh, Riley was, and he showed intent, but he couldn't use his hands. He could barely move, and you know, of course, well-meaning friends and family said, uh, "Don't worry, uh, everything's fine." But it was a mother's intuition, and if I was touched by anything, um, having having met uh, his his mom. It was a woman's intuition, a mother's intuition, that really uh, connected it. And she, uh, she took uh, Maxwell in for, uh, to the doctor at Children's Hospitals here. 
and they confirmed the unspeakable. Maxwell had a very rare, sad, completely unfair genetic disease that was uh, wreaking havoc on his neurological system. This disease is so rare, it doesn't even have a name. They call it SLC6A1, right? Causes dif developmental disabilities. Uh, the, the, the prognosis is bad. Uh, development, uh, I'm sorry, uh, regression between three and four years. Um, they're on a timeline in order to get him some treatment, and the treatment is a million dollars, right? And these folks don't have it. They, they just don't have it. So I think it was back in February when we did this story, and uh, because he had not yet hit two years old, and during the interview, um, the the GoFundMe that they had started was at a hundred and sixty thousand dollars of their million dollar goal, and I called upon you, our listeners, uh, to to dig deep and and reach. Uh, sacrificially, if you would, into your pockets and give to this GoFundMe program uh, be because the, the little boy needs it. He, he needs it. He needs it. Right? Well, the craziest part, too, is it's, it's a science that is proven. They know that they can do it. It's already there. Yeah. She just needs to be able to fund it. And, and that's just it. So... You know, they've never been far from my thought process or my, my mind, uh, but I, I got some, some really interesting, uh, I, I got a notification today on my phone. Uh, being in the media, I, I kind of plug into some of the media outlets that uh, kind of used to be over the wire, right? The, the AP wire, the, now it's just all over the internet. The Huffington Post, this morning, well, we're recording, so a couple of days ago, came out with uh, the story that um, this story, Milestones for Maxwell, and um, they ran a story on this young man, which caused me to want to go back and see where the fundraising goal was at. They are now currently, and I'm going to update because it's happening faster than I can keep up with right now. Um, let's see. They are now at $422,415. Almost so halfway. Almost halfway to, to funding this young man. And they're, like I said, they're on a race against time. Uh, every day past the two-year-old mark is a day that, that Maxwell may or may not respond well to the treatment. So they're, they're rushing this. And I just, I just noticed, and I have to say, uh, God bless to every single person uh, I've donated to this campaign um, because I practice what I preach. Um, but every single person here, whether you give $5, $20, $100 or more, um, it all goes to the right place. It all makes a difference. And um, I know that, uh, that, that Amber Freed, Maxwell's mother, if she were here, she would be saying, please, please give, you know, for, for the, the sake of my son. I am saying that too. Just noticed uh, if you're any type of a, a business owner or marketer, uh, you'll know the name Mari Smith. Uh, Mari Smith is a, a, a very well-known um, marketer on, on Facebook and, and talks about Facebook marketing. Uh, she just gave. 
to this campaign. You can see it right here on uh, on the GoFundMe. So I'm super excited to uh, do this. Let me give you the uh, the address of the GoFundMe. Um, GoFundMe.com forward slash SLC6A1-connect. I'm going to say that one more time. GoFundMe.com forward slash SLC6A1-connect. If you have the ability, would you dig deep and give sacrificially? This young man, his, his, his life is in the, uh, uh, in the balance. His, literally, in the last several minutes, there have been 8.2 thousand shares on Facebook. His story is going viral, but do not make the assumption that somebody else is going to handle this. If, it, if the story tugs on your heart, and Dave, I mean, you you have a child who I do uh, struggle. I mean, your family struggle financially because you you tell tell your story. Yeah. So my son, in 2017, on his fourth birthday, was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, cancer. Yes, it's a type of cancer. It's terrible kind of cancer. It's a it's a very rare, um, and it usually it only affects children. They don't know why it happens, but it grows these terrible things it, it can really really affect you um and um we had a miracle diagnosis of the twenty thousand kids in 2017 that were diagnosed with this my son is the only one out of all of them that got this is called a stage 2b so that means it was spreading a little bit but that it had done something and had it had changed into a hard tumor rather than this cancerous malignant tumor well, uh, and normally, like the doctor says weird things to us. I'm not he uh, oncologists tend to say doctors can be very blunt. But, you know, he's looking at my son, who's a beautiful little boy. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just so full of life and he's just got he's you know, he's great. He's a great kid. He's looking at him. He's just like, wow. He's like normally at this age with this kind of cancer, it's make him comfortable. Whoa. He's like, and now look at him. He's like, now it's like just kind of watch and wait, and he's gonna be fine, and he's fine. And um, I truly, I truly believe that prayer had a huge part in Amen. that. So. Amen. I believe that as so, well. So, and that, yeah, we had a GoFundMe too, and it, 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 we had so many generous donors. Yeah. And I'm very, very grateful, and God bless everybody who helped us and who donated to us. Um, and it didn't even have deeper implications of Maxwell because one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is. If you do donate and Maxwell does complete this treatment, yeah. it actually has way wider implications because this treatment that they're developing specifically for Maxwell actually can help a lot That's of other right. people with a lot of other things. That's so. right. Yeah, but we need some success uh, before we get to that point. So well said. Uh, if you are looking for the, uh, the story on the Huffington Post, uh, I would simply encourage you to go to the Huffington Post, HuffPost.com, and then type in the search bar, Maxwell. The story's uh, title is Life and Debt, Searching for a Million Dollar Miracle. It's published today, and uh, just, just a, I'm so, again, in, in the media, if you can, um, 
if, if you can find, I always tell people, you're not six degrees of separation from somebody. You are three degrees of connection away from anyone you need to know or who needs to know you. And in my company, I always say it's not what you know, but who knows you that makes all the difference in the world. Now the Huffington Post knows Maxwell Freed, and uh, I believe this is going to be a deal. game changer. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, here's a, a, a fun story uh, that you've got there. Right, this is another uh, Boyd Hooper story. This one's great. Uh, I called it Isaiah the Baker. It's about a kid who had special talents, and he seems like a really great kid. And um, he was going to fall short of something because of circumstances out of his control. And he used his special talents to change his circumstances, and he made good decisions, and he, uh, he, he did everything that he needed to do to get where he wanted to be. His school day complete. Isaiah Tuckett is a 14-year-old without a moment to spare. All day, he's been anxious to get home and get cracking. Because Isaiah the football player and Isaiah the shot putter is also Isaiah the baker with a cupcake order to fill. 250. It's not quite as stressful as last year. <laughs> He made 750 in one weekend. Sherry Tuckett's youngest son has it down. Yeah. By 7, choosing the Food Channel over cartoons. By 12, taking his first order for cupcakes. And by coincidence, starting his business a month before the only standalone bakery for 30 miles closed its doors. Cupcake deprived Madison came calling. So I have done birthday parties, confirmations, Graduations. Reunions, funerals, weddings, and the high school prom. So many cupcakes. He broke the oven. <laughs> Suffice it to say, Odin and Zimbelman made a quick sale. They did, <laughs> definitely. It was crunch time. His parents <laughs> paid for the oven. But Isaiah is the only boy in Madison to have bought his own KitchenAid mixer, which is currently mixing the cupcakes for Carly Seedshog's graduation. My sister actually had them for her graduation party two years ago. Everyone kept going up to my mom and asking her, where did you get these cupcakes? They're so good. Overall champion in my class from Swift County. The same teen giving aproned grandmothers a run at the county fair. That was a little nerve-wracking. Yet ribbons are not what brought us to the western edge of Minnesota to share Isaiah's story. Almond flavoring. For as long as he can remember, Isaiah has been asking his parents to take him to Disney World. I just kind of made an excuse, kind of. <laughs> a lot of parents can relate. A lot of it was probably financial. You know, we just couldn't really afford it. But few have a son. He got there, yeah. Who took them. He went to town. <laughs> In a baking spree at $20 a dozen, Isaiah sold enough cupcakes to pay for airfare, hotel, and Disney World tickets for his mom and dad, sister and brother, sister-in-law, and nephew. I felt like it should, uh, should be a family event. Isaiah's parents paid for his baking supplies. When we shared it with the rest of the kids, it was like, really? You know <laughs> and Isaiah took care of the rest. I was very surprised I did it in a year. With Disney in his rearview mirror, Isaiah has set his sights on a pickup truck, blue. Because that's my favorite color. In two years, 
He'll be 16. I have a dream for a pickup truck myself, <laughs> but uh, but I'll probably end up getting one before I get mine. So, <laughs> at the rate Isaiah is delivering, there Reese's peanut butter cups. He may need a semi. Yeah, right. Wow, inspiring kids. Just stick with it, and you can accomplish whatever it is you want. You know, and and it goes to to encourage all of us. I think, Dave, that uh, we can change the circumstances of our lives. We can change the trajectory. Thought Catalog put out a uh, uh, an article many years ago called Seven Ways to Change Your Life. I want to share a couple of these. In fact, I'll, I'll share all seven with you. Um, and it says, why seven? I don't know. Could be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we know that the, uh, the Bible says seven is the number of completion, and maybe that's the point as well. Um, here, number one, start something new. If you want to change your circumstances, uh, you have to make a shift. If you know what's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing you've always done and hoping for a different outcome. All right. So if you want to change your circumstances, start something new. Number two, this goes right to Isaiah's uh, uh, story here. Find and then follow your passion. Right? He was he was passionate about uh, baking, and apparently very good at it. Number three, connect with others, right? So find a way to connect with others because no man is an island. You can't sit there and just do it, you know, willing something to happen just for the sake of it happening for you or your benefit doesn't seem to work nearly as much as when you connect with others, tell your story as he did in his neighborhood. And all of a sudden his kids got, his, his neighborhood kids got behind him and said, oh yeah, I'll buy some of that stuff. Um, be inspired. You know, we might use the word motivated, right? Something like that. And then uh, number five, hard work. Got to roll up your sleeves. There's no substitute for uh, as much as you'd like to believe. And in, in earlier in the week, we brought the story of the man who won the lottery twice in one day, won $500 and then a, a million dollar. Uh, lottery is not the best uh, retirement it, plan. That is not. <laughs> you know, chances of you doing that are like being hit uh, with lightning several times. Actually, I think that you have a better chance of being hit by lightning while being attacked by a shark yeah. than you do of winning the lottery. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's stuff like that. So, uh, like Isaiah, roll up your sleeves. Do the hard work. Don't be afraid of that. Number six is build your desire uh, you know, your desire is the fuel that feeds you. Uh, keeping that alive and strong is the key to bringing it together. So to build your desire, uh, make sure that you push through the obstacles that come, come your way. Uh, and there will always be obstacles. And then number seven, take action. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I mean, what, if we we could talk about stuff. I, I've been uh, a, a minister for many, you know, much of my life, uh, many, many years. Um, I can tell you I was a business owner, still a business owner. I own three businesses now. Um, I believe that the, this is the big thing. Theory and conversation only gets us so far. you got to take action. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and Number four is my hard one. Which one is that? Uh, yeah, be inspired. Be inspired. Stay motivated. I mean, I can be, I can get inspired, 
But then as soon as it starts to fade, I, I tend to lose focus and I get yeah. all scattered. And that's the one where I need to work on. Well, you're, you're trampling around in the middle of uh, the, the reason that this program exists, right? It's to inspire you. It's, it's right. to, to inspire our listeners to uh, know that no matter what your circumstance, no matter what you're going through, uh, while it may be challenging and it may be uh, daunting, uh, you, you know, you can get through this. You can get through this. Be motivated by these good news stories that we bring to you. And it's not about Isaiah or his baking. It's about the fact that he rolled up his sleeves and he changed his circumstances. You can change your circumstances as well. We want to thank you for tuning in. Remember Maxwell Freed and that fundraiser, gofundme.com forward slash slc6a1-connect. Super grateful for that story, and I'll just give you a quick update here. Uh, $422,455. He needs a little more. He needs a lot more. And we're uh, leaning on you to share that message. On behalf of Angie Austin and uh, Dave here, producer Dave and myself, I want to say thank you for tuning in to the good news with Angie Austin. AngieAustinRadio.com. We'd love it if you would be a sponsor of this program, and we'll see you after these messages. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. YMCA of the Rockies and Estes Park is an ideal family vacation. Come visit and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with our fun, family friendly programs and activities. This summer, YMCA has tons of fun and excitement planned for your family, and soon you can bring the entire family when we introduce our new dog park and dog-friendly activities. Whether you are looking for a harrowing adventure or just a relaxing stroll near Rocky Mountain National Park, YMCA can set you on your way. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hey, Angie Austin here with the good news. And the good news is I have one of the ARC ambassadors here with me, Christopher Petty. Hi, my name is uh, Chris. I have worked at the ARC for four or five years. Shopping with the purpose means giving back and it really helps people like me. I like working at ARC because it's the people and it's the employees and you can you don't have to try to impress anyone. Just be yourself and just come in and just do your best and just be yourself. And I love him. I do too. <laughs> Keep going. And uh, I just, I do my best. You know, I go in there and I give it my best and I have a good time. And you're proud of the work you do? I'm proud of the work I do. Give it back. The heart of ARC is so wonderful. It's important to shop at ARC because, you know, it is shopping with a purpose. I say that a lot. And when you donate things, it goes back to help our community and people just like Chris, who has a wonderful job with ARC as an ambassador. 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or arcthrift.org, arcthrift.org. Hey, I'm Chris. I love working at ARC.
Welcome back. Angie Austin here. We're talking new lung cancer advances and early diagnosis. Now, these new treatment breakthroughs are definitely in the good news department because, you know, if you have lungs, you can get lung cancer. So we need to delve into this a little more. So joining us, expert in the area, Dr. Denise Aberly, professor of radiology at UCLA and principal investigator of the groundbreaking National Lung Screening Trial, and David Sturgis, co-founder of LCFA. David is also a lung cancer and prostate cancer patient. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. All right, Dr. Aberly, let's start with you. So lung cancer being the deadliest form of cancer, um, if anyone can get it who has lungs, should we be getting tested during our annual exam? Well, currently, we only know that lung cancer uh, early detection with low radiation dose CT uh, will work in patients who are older, uh, who are current or former smokers, or who have quit within the past 15 years. Those patients uh, we know will benefit more from screening because they are at higher risk. We don't currently have tests that are available in non-smokers, but we're hoping to be able to change that through research in time. Okay, that's interesting. So um, before I get to your story, David, I want to ask the doctor one more question about the new technique using a nasal swab to diagnose lung cancer. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, There are a number of different kinds of tests that we are using to try to identify chemicals or molecules or cells uh, without actually having to do a biopsy. And what you referred to, the nasal swab, removes cells from the inner lining of the nose. Those cells have a relationship to the cells within the lungs that may be the cause of lung cancer. So the hope is that by looking at these nasal cells under a microscope, we're able to identify a lung cancer without having to actually do a biopsy. Okay, that's fascinating. All right, David, you have been diagnosed with lung cancer twice and with prostate cancer, so uh, tell us your story. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I was diagnosed with lung cancer 18 years ago. It was a chance diagnosis, as many lung cancer diagnoses are. Uh, It was uh, diagnosed not that long after I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and uh, not that long after I had run the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. Uh, After the, the rock and excuse me, San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon, I had a heart scan, and uh, the heart scan results indicated that there was a spot on one of the lobes of my lung. Uh, I had, we had a follow-up for that. I uh, then had to have surgery, and uh, one of the lobes of my lungs was removed. I was followed for 18 years, uh, and uh, two years ago, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with another spot on my lung, again necessitating surgery. Uh, An interesting side note uh, is that at the time of my diagnosis, surgery was probably the only treatment available to me. My my various surgeries also underscore the importance of early diagnosis and the fact that I have been able to survive, if you will, for 18 years uh, because of early diagnosis. 
Now, well, that's pretty impressive. So congratulations on that. You're the co-founder, a co-founder of Lung Cancer Foundation of America. And uh, has the research and you know everything been able to help you in your 18-year journey? Well, it has been able to help me, but the important thing is it's been able to help many, many uh, uh, people. We have funded approximately $4 million in research, uh, focusing on new treatment options, on new uh, early diagnostic uh, options for lung cancer uh, patients. Now, in terms of, um, I was reading, Doctor, let's um, jump back to you for a second here, um, therapies that are targeted and then CBD um, being used to help all types of patients. We're hearing a lot about CBD lately, and I think people are just beginning to understand it per se. Can you tell us about that? Well, CBD is one of the ingredients in marijuana, although it's not responsible for the marijuana high. Um, but it is being used in a variety of different settings, sometimes to treat the side effects of treatment and sometimes to treat the symptoms of lung cancer. What we can say are, uh, is that we don't have scientific evidence one way or the other about the benefits of CBD. So it is important if you're taking CBD that your doctor know that so that if there were interactions between the CBD and your treatment for lung cancer, they could be identified. We still have a couple of minutes left, so I want to ask um, about that myth that many people still think in this day and age that only smokers get lung cancer. Feel free, either of you, to answer that one. Uh, it's an absolute myth. As we say at Lung Cancer Foundation of America, uh, if you have lungs, you have a chance for lung cancer. It's just, you know, I think many of the people they probably speak to remember, you know, Superman's wife that she, you know, got lung cancer. And I'll never forget that story just because we all knew him and his accident on the horse. And then when his wife got sick, their son was a new teenager. And I always thought, wow, you know, that woman, from what I knew, didn't smoke. And here, this this little boy who was, I think, 13 at the time was going to be left without a mom. And it really made open my eyes, I guess, to the first well-known case for me that uh, I knew that this wasn't a smoker that got lung cancer and so that's when I kind of started looking into it a little bit more if people do want to learn more where do they go for more info uh, very quickly, 15% of those people diagnosed with uh, lung cancer have never smoked, and you'll find that 30% of those people that are diagnosed with lung cancer in any one year have probably quit 10 years or more prior. So to get information on that and other information about lung cancer, we would ask your listeners to go to lungcancerfacts.info. Hey, welcome back. Angie Austin here. You know, we hear a lot about uh, women and hysterectomies and pain and other things that lead to that. Hysterectomies being the second most common surgery for U.S. women, but uh, alternatives really do exist, and I'm a big fan of knowledge being power. I had a friend who they recommended she get a hysterectomy. She did some research. She found another option, and that really opened my eyes to, wow, you know, you really need to get the second opinion, but also be uh, knowledgeable yourself. And that's what we're going to get help with today. Dr. Magni Mylad, he is the Chief of Gynecology and Gynecologic Surgery at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. And he's joining us to help us learn a little more. Welcome, doctor. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. 
Okay, so Dr. Mylad, first of all, let's just start with the hysterectomy. We'll dive right in. Like, uh, this is such a common, I was going to say popular, but I guess I'll say common surgery. Uh, so what should our surgery, our, our listeners know about that surgery? Yeah, so I, I think what your, your uh, opening statement was a, a great one, which is uh, your friend had a, a similar experience that patients commonly have, which is they see their general OBGYN. They were very happy with their obstetrical care and uh, deliveries. They have some kind of a condition, and the, like the go-to thing is the hysterectomy. And nowadays, we know that there's a lot of alternatives to hysterectomy that work pretty darn good, and that hysterectomy really should be reserved as kind of like the last option because it's um, it, it may be curative, it may not be curative. Um, so you're better served trying something else first, trying multiple things first, being sort of more holistic in your approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if all else fails then use hysterectomy as the you know, kind of like the last-ditch effort. So let's talk about those alternatives because, you know, old-school thinking, my mom, for instance, she said to me just a year or two ago, hey, you know, I had a hysterectomy at 40, so you'll probably be getting one soon. I was like, what? Why? I don't have any problem. Why, why would I? You know, like, <laughs> like it was just kind of like, well, that's what we do. So what are the alternatives? <laughs> It's a family tradition. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, it's not, Mom. I, I don't need one. I'm fine. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, I mean, one condition that's super common is fibroids. Uh, 80% or more of women have fibroids uh, during their reproductive years, uh, between 13 and 51 kind of a thing. And most women don't have any problems with it. Most women never knew they had it. We just happen to see it on an ultrasound or feel it on an exam. Doesn't cause it's not causing them any bleeding or infertility or pressure symptoms or bulk symptoms, not pushing on the bladder or the rectum. So in women that are having have asymptomatic fibroids, we should leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Leave well enough alone. They'll be just fine. When you get menopause, women uh, fibroids shrink by about half. And uh, rarely do we see problems in the postmenopause with fibroids. So in women that are having symptoms of fibroids, the key is to prioritize what is it the patient wants. So if the patient says, I really want to get pregnant, but that's my number one thing, I can live with the symptoms, then we should be pursuing pregnancy. I mean, the patient's priorities trump really anything else as long as it's not a health issue. So uh, if the fibroids aren't going to interfere with getting pregnant or staying pregnant, then they should move on with fertility therapy. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the best way to sort of meet their goals. If a patient is having bleeding, then um, we look for the like the location of those fibroids. We map the fibroids either with ultrasound or MRI, which is a very excellent way to map fibroids. And then based on their location and size, we come up with a treatment plan. And we, we try and approach it in a multidisciplinary fashion. So mm-hmm. patients, before they get to us, have already had their imaging. And then uh, at their initial visit, they'll meet with more than one provider. They'll meet with an interventional radiologist and with a gynecologic surgeon uh, on the same visit so that we can come up with a plan together with the patient's priorities in mind and empower them to make it the best decision possible. Mm-hmm. Or let's talk about, um, yeah. so obviously other options, you know, looking into that, asking lots of questions as the patient. And then um, in terms of advances, um, obviously there have been advances because not as many women are getting hysterectomies now as in the past. Is that correct? Well, it seems like the number has been relatively stable. I think what's happened is they've moved out of the inpatient arena and moved now towards an outpatient setting. So it actually has not been an easy number to, to sort of get our arms around.
around. Mm-hmm. But we th- we think that probably there's a still sim- a similar number of hysterectomies. They're just they're taking place like in a uh, like an uh, outpatient um, a surgery center as mm-hmm. opposed to a hospital um, and being being uh, sent home same day kind of a thing. So yeah, but there's definitely like alternatives to hysterectomy. As I said, for fibroids in particular, we can um, we can do hormonal therapy. We can do non-hormonal therapy. We can um, we can do an IUD. An IUD is a very excellent way to treat um, fibroid-related uh, bleeding associated with fibroids. Uh, we can remove the fibroid itself. So myomectomy, we can do that vaginally with a hysteroscope. We can do it laparoscopically. We can do it with a robot. Um, we can do the embolization, as I mentioned a moment ago. That's a great way to treat lots of fibroids without exposing a patient to surgery. So mm-hmm. the embolization is a way to block up the blood vessels without um, without uh, doing surgery. Uh, MRI-guided ultrasound is a great way to sort of burn or microwave the fibroid. Excessa is another device that can be used to sort of burn or uh, destroy the fibroid without a big, a big operation. So such a long list of options. The key is um, patients should be, as you said, empowered um, and look for that second opinion or maybe even the third opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you, if your gut is saying there's got to be an alternative, there probably is an alternative and go with your gut. And also getting you know, to the best care you can. I know Northwestern has a gynecologic surgery program. So where can people go to get more info? Yeah, so our, our website is uh, migs.nm.org. So M-I-G-S dot N-M dot org. Yeah, I mean, I think we we are happy to serve as a second opinion uh, for this, for these complex gynecologic issues. Um, You know, I think, I think the simple things are easy, right? Um, But, you know, if you, if you want an opinion from someone who, that's all we do, this is all we do is fibroids, endometriosis, pelvic pain, ovarian cysts, you know, complex gynecology problems. Um, I think that's where, you you know, I think we'd be a great uh, sort of place to sort of get an idea, a sounding board as to whether you're on the right treatment plan or not. Well, thank you, Dr. Mylad. I feel like there's so many options and so much information that you gave us just in this segment. Uh, so give the website one more time and thanks for all the info. Thank you, Angie. Yeah, it's just migs.nm.org. So migs.nm.org. Wonderful. Thanks, Doc. Thanks a lot. Hi, my name is Michelle Knight and I've worked for our thrift stores for six years and three weeks. My favorite part for working for ARC is the paychecks and working with my co-workers that are now good friends. It's important to shop at ARC, and shopping at ARC really helps people like me because it's shopping with a purpose. At the ARC, we're always doing awesome things together. My favorite thing to do with my friends at the ARC is going to the classes and the events. My favorite things that I've ever bought from the ARC is... That's a lot of things, but my one I can really remember is a Broncos flag that I bought. ARC makes it easy to donate. Either go to a donation center at any store or just call 303-238-JANE and an ARC truck will come and pick up your stuff. For more information or schedule pickup, call 303-238-JANE or go to arcthrift.org. My name is Michelle and I really love working at the ARC. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would 
would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hey, welcome back. Angie Austin here. You know, we hear a lot about uh, women and hysterectomies and pain and other things that lead to that. Hysterectomies being the second most common surgery for U.S. women, but uh, alternatives really do exist. And I'm a big fan of knowledge being power. I had a friend who they recommended she get a hysterectomy. She did some research. She found another option. And that really opened my eyes to, wow, you know, you really need to get the second opinion, but also be uh, knowledgeable yourself. And that's what we're going to get help with today. Dr. Magni Mylad, he is the Chief of Gynecology and Gynecologic Surgery at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. And he's joining us to help us learn a little more. Welcome, doctor. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Okay. So, Dr. Mylad, first of all, let's just start with the hysterectomy. We'll dive right in. Like, uh, this is such a common, I was going to say popular, but I guess I'll say common surgery. Uh, so, what should our, surgery, our, our listeners know about that surgery? Yeah, so I, th- I think what your your uh, opening statement was a, a great one, which is uh, your friend had a, a similar experience that patients commonly have, which is they see their general OBGYN, they were very happy with their obstetrical care and uh, deliveries. They have some kind of a condition, and the, like the go-to thing is the hysterectomy. And nowadays, we know that there's a lot of alternatives to hysterectomy that work pretty darn good, and that hysterectomy really should be reserved as kind of like the last option because it's um, it, it may be curative it may not be curative um, so you're better served trying something else first trying multiple things first being sort of more holistic in your approach mm-hmm. um, and then if all else fails then use hysterectomy as the you know, kind of like the last ditch effort so let's talk about those alternatives because, you know, old school thinking, my mom, for instance, she said to me just a year or two ago, hey, you know, I had a hysterectomy at 40, so you'll probably be getting one soon. I was like, what? Why? I don't have any problem. Why? Why would I? You know, like, like it was just kind of like, well, that's what we do. So what are the alternatives? <laughs> It's a family tradition. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, it's not, mom. I, I don't need one. I'm fine. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Or right, let's talk about, um, yeah. so obviously other options, you know, looking into that, asking lots of questions as the patient. And then um, in terms of advances, um, obviously there have been advances because not as many women are getting hysterectomies now as in the past. Is that correct? Well, it seems like the number has been relatively stable. I think what's happened is they've moved out of the inpatient arena and move now towards an outpatient setting. So it actually has not been an easy number to, to sort of get our arms around. Mm-hmm. But we, th- we think that probably there's a, still sim- a similar number of hysterectomies. They're just they're taking place like in a uh, like an uh, outpatient um, a surgery center as mm-hmm. opposed to a hospital um, and being, being sent home same day kind of a thing. So, yeah, but there's definitely like alternatives to hysterectomy. As I said, for fibroids in particular, we can, um, we can do hormonal therapy, we can do non-hormonal therapy. We can um, we can do an IUD. An IUD is a very excellent way to treat um, fibroid-related uh, bleeding associated with fibroids. 
we can remove the fibroid itself. So myomectomy, we can do that vaginally with a hysteroscope. We can do it laparoscopically. We can do it with a robot. Um, we can do the embolization, as I mentioned a moment ago. That's a great way to treat lots of fibroids without exposing a patient to surgery. So mm-hmm. the embolization is a way to block up the blood vessels without um, without uh, doing surgery. Uh, MRI-guided ultrasound is a great way to sort of burn or microwave the fibroid. Excessa is another device that can be used to sort of burn or uh, destroy the fibroid without a big, a big operation. So such a long list of options. The key is... Um, Patients should be, as you said, empowered um, and look for that second opinion or maybe even the third opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you, if your gut is saying there's got to be an alternative, there probably is an alternative and go with your gut. And also getting you know, to the best care you can. I know Northwestern has a gynecologic surgery program. So where can people go to get more info? Yeah, so our, our website is uh, migs.nm.org. So M-I-G-S dot N-M dot org. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we, we are happy to serve as a second opinion uh, for this for these complex gynecologic issues. Um, you know, I think I think the simple things are easy, right? Um, but you know, if you if you want a, an opinion from someone who that's all we do, this is all we do is fibroids, endometriosis, pelvic pain, ovarian cysts, you know, complex gynecology problems. Um, I think that's where you, you know I think we'd be a great uh, sort of place to sort of get an idea, a sounding board as to whether you're on the right treatment plan or not. Well, thank you, Dr. Mylad. I feel like there's so many options and so much information that you gave us just in this segment. Uh, so give the website one more time, and thanks for all the info. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, it's just migs.nm.org, so migs.nm.org. Wonderful. Thanks, Doc. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.